Well, if it is a gorgeous weekend, we should all get outside, of course, and spend a little time, whether we're kicking back in our own backyards or whether we're uh, donning our hiking boots and taking off into the wild unknown. A man who lives in the wild unknown, Mr. Larry Weber. Good morning there, sunshine. Yeah, good morning, good morning, and I think you emphasize the unknown about me. It's just <laughs> fine. So, uh, we uh, we had an interesting week. Since we last spoke, there was two days recorded by the Weather Service of 90 degrees or more, uh, 92 degrees on the 4th, and then we went the other direction. Yesterday morning, according to the Weather Service, Brimson reported 33, zero, 30 degrees uh, the Weather Service in Duluth had 40. At my house here, it was a little bit warmer, but it was near record. That 40 was a, a near record low. So, very interesting week. Uh, putting things a little bit in perspective, I always like to, when we get to this time of year, I always like to take a few minutes to remember something. 85 years ago, and I was not present to see this myself, but 85 years ago in Duluth, there was the most amazing week <clears throat> that probably has ever happened in the summertime, where for seven straight days, the temperature were of records setting. Starting on the 7th and going to the 13th, three times it reached 100 degrees or warmer. And three other times, it, sorry, four other times, it was high in the 90s. That was 85 years ago. And six of the seven days set records that are still records today. What an amazing week that must have been. And to add a little bit more to the whole thing, <clears throat> back then in the 1930s, 1936, in the 1930s, the weather temperatures were taken down by the lake. So, wow, what an incredible week that was. Uh, yeah, I don't think we're going to be repeating it. We are experiencing some other things. The days continue to get shorter. We are now having sunsets almost at 9 o'clock, just a little bit after 9 o'clock, but it keeps getting earlier. And sunrises have already gotten 10 minutes, 10 minutes later than they were on the solstice. And so the days continue to get shorter, and as a result of that, we have some things happening. Uh, the birds are interesting. I mentioned before about how do we get into July. The bird song is less and less and less, and I notice that virtually every day on my walk there's just fewer birds that sing. They really don't have a reason to sing to proclaim their territory anymore. Almost all of them have finished nesting, or if they had a problem with their first nesting, they will do a second bird nesting, and then they go on to uh, raise the fledglings and the fledglings have go out and start traveling around with the adults, and so we're we're getting an interesting time. It is hard to believe this, but in a few weeks we will see early migrants already. Uh, there are two that I always look for every year as we get further past the middle of July. One being tree swallows. Tree swallows are early migrants in the spring. Well, they do the same thing when it gets later in the season. They're early migrants again. The other one being shorebirds. And if we get down to beaches and so forth, a lot of times we see these uh, these small birds along the beach. Well, there are some early migrants. Well, there's a lot going on between now and then. I was at the lake again this morning, and uh, the 
green frogs. Green frogs and mink frogs keep right on calling. This is their time. They are the summer frogs, and they keep on calling. Well, we're getting a switch with another kind of frog, and that's the gray tree frog. Gray tree frogs have been calling in the waters for a long time, but now they're starting to live up to their name and go on land and climb up in the trees. And they do, as we get into late summer, they do another calling, and this is pretty much just a territorial calling. Uh, We have an abundance of toads right now. I'm standing right now in a garden, and I don't think I can walk through the garden without seeing toads. These are the adult toads that bred back in May. But now the babies are starting to emerge as well from various ponds and so forth. Now, unfortunately, a lot of these ponds have suffered because of the dry conditions, which brings up another interesting thing of July. This past week, we had two good rains at my place here. One of them was the thunderstorm that came over on the evening of July 4. Plenty of lightning, plenty of rain. Uh, Weather service did it receive any according to their statistics but we got a really hard rain and then the other one came on the a couple days later when we had a rain that was on a tuesday that lasted pretty much all day and that was about 1.2 the the two two together gave two inches of rain so in three days we had more rain than we had the entire month of june however once again weather service recorded very little If you looked at the statistics today about rain in the weather service, it would be about three-tenths. On the other hand, we have at my house here two inches. That is, I said, an interesting facet of July. It will hard rain someplace and very little someplace else thanks to the thunderstorms. So as a result of that, some of these frogs and toads that were breeding earlier did not make it. Their ponds dried up. But there are others. There are many others that still will. The butterflies are interesting right now. We're getting a switch. Uh, I saw at the beginning of the week, about almost a week ago, I saw a tiger swallowtail, and I have not seen any since then. They pretty much finished their season as we get into July. Monarchs, on the other hand, are very uh, obvious, both as adults and larvae. The adults that we see right now are not migratory. They will reproduce here, and their babies will start to grow up, but they do not migrate. The young ones, when they grow up, they're going to be the ones that will migrate later in the season. In addition to the monarchs, there are plenty of other butterflies. There are the fritillaries that are out there. I've been seeing sulfurs. Sulfurs are a yellow butterfly. Most of the time, I saw one this week that was white. And then there is uh, some of the dark-colored butterflies. I mentioned before some of the brown butterflies, such as the northern pearly eye. But there's another one right now that looks almost black. And if you see what looks like a butterfly, but it's black, and you think right away that must be a moth, oh, no, it is a butterfly. It's called the common wood nymph, and they're active at this time. And then there are some other very small ones. I saw an eastern tail blue yesterday. That's the kind that could probably fit on your fingernail. They're just a little tiny one. So there's a good variety of butterflies going on in July. There's also a good variety of moths. And uh, we've had chilly nights lately, but when we get started getting warm nights again, leave a light on, and you'll see just how many kind of moths there are. But dragonflies continue to be active. I've been watching them lately. They are just the most interesting critters. They seem to spend their time patrolling the territory or hunting or chasing away other dragonflies. But I've seen about five kinds of them. Uh, One of the interesting ones is a dragonfly known as a 12-spot skimmer. 
and I have seen those in a couple of places the last few days. Their cousins, the damselflies, are very active right now. I've seen two kinds of them yesterday, one of them being the little skinny ones that are blue bodies, and yes, they're called bluets. And then there is another one that has black wings and flutters around almost like a butterfly, and that is known as the ebony jewel wing. And so they're, they're really cool critters as well. But, of course, any time we have insects at this time, you've got to well, see. We, we always have the, uh, the things like deer flies and so forth. But take a look at, at uh, grasshoppers. There's just an abundance of them right now. A lot of this is due to the dry conditions that we had earlier. Uh, if the grasshopper hops a little bit, it is either a young one or it is a type of, of grasshopper. If it takes off and flies, and yes, they can fly very well and some pretty long distances, it's probably a bigger uh, grasshopper known as a locust. When you have insects, you have spiders. And yes, we are beginning to get into the spider season right now, and it looks like it's going to be great. Uh, every walk I take, I see their webs. And the webs sometimes will persist for a large number of days, and some other ones will last only a short time. Well, this week I had a little addition to add to that, and that is I found a nursery web. Uh, actually, I found several of them. <laughs> nursery webs are made by a kind of spider that is known to most people as dock spider or fishing spider. And they uh, climb up on some plants in this time of year, and they make an egg sac. The way they hide it is they take the leaves of the plant, and mostly I find them in milkweeds and raspberries, and they use their webbing material to bend over the leaf to make a hiding place. Then mother sits back in that same area and guards it. She will guard it until the babies hatch and the babies start dispersing on their own. Now, this is known as nursery webs, and if you are ever walking among raspberries or milkweed, and of course there could be other plants as well, and you see the leaves that are bent over as kind of a, a webbing, that's what it is. Ironically, this same spider does not make a web for catching food. Lots of uh, wildflowers out there. I always find July wildflowers are just outstanding. I love to take walks early in, this, in the day before it gets too hot, and I walk along the same place every day, and that's where you can see the real changes. There is, of course, the milkweed, and there is the fireweed. They seem to dominate the wildflowers of the, uh, of the roadside at this time, but there's plenty of others. There's evening primrose, there's cow parsnip, there's water hemlock, there is, <clears throat> there is uh, uh, sweet clover, both white sweet clover and yellow sweet clover. Uh, Canada thistle is interesting. They just started to bloom, and when Canada thistle starts to bloom with a purplish flower, it will eventually form these fluffy seeds, that, and they form pretty quickly, probably within a couple of weeks. And the goldfinches, which is a type of bird that still has not yet nested, will wait until these fluffy seeds are available, and they'll be using them both for food and for their nest. And so there's a bird that still has not nested. Black-eyed Susans, early sunflowers, early goldenrods now are starting to show up. Michigan lily, St. John's wort, bergamot, harebell, all coming into bloom right now. And then down along the sides of the swamp this week, I found the first arrowhead, which is a lovely white flower that I like to find every year at this time. 
uh, in the woods. One of the <coughs> interesting plants growing in the woods, Indian pipe, is starting to show up. Indian pipe is called that because of the cur- curvature of the top of the plant. It is white. It is white because it does not have chlorophyll, and it has to survive by other means, and therefore it can live in the shade of the woods. And I found them in bloom this week, and I expect I'll be seeing more. Among the berries, I talked earlier about some of the berries, such as strawberry, that start off the whole season. Well, there's plenty of others right now, some of which we will eat and some of which we don't. I'll just mention the four that I find that are edible, that are ripe right now. Raspberry, I found those and ate them this morning. Blueberry, same thing. Juneberry and pincherry. These are all getting ripe right now, and there will be more. Every one of those I just mentioned is quite delicious, and if you want to take the time to eat them, they are there. The hazelnuts, crab apples, and so forth are forming right now, but they're not that ripe yet. But when it comes to trees, Lisa, Duluth is filled with a large kind of tree called basswood. And basswoods wait till now to come in bloom. And I was in Duluth one day this week, and I couldn't believe it, how many of these basswoods are just covered with flowers. The flowers are actually quite small. They're kind of a greenish color. They're not too, not too dramatic in themselves, but there's so many of them, and they also give off a terrific odor, and bees just love them. And so this is basswood time. So if you're walking around somewhere and you hear what sounds like a buzzing tree, it's going to be the basswoods. And wow, they are just spectacular right now. There's also, thanks to our recent rains, there's also some mushrooms starting to pop up in the woods. What I would like to see is more rains and more mushrooms. One of the other things that the Weather Service had on their on their website this morning was the reference to drought. And yes, much of the upper Midwest is dealing with drought, though it hasn't really hit here that hard yet. We will see what happens. So, well, Lisa, if we're going to have uh, changes between 90 degrees and 30 degrees next week, uh, it's going to be interesting. So take care and enjoy. All right. We certainly will. Thanks a million, Larry. Larry Weber this morning, our longtime host for Backyard Almanac, a regular feature of Fridays here on 103.3 KUMD.